welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is season four, episode 13. It is April 3rd. Drew, we made it into April. Woo! We're already a quarter of the way into the year. How crazy is that? I know. You're listening to the nationally ranked sports card podcast. My name is Jeff Baker. I am your host of this fine, fine program. I am speaking to you from Massachusetts. Nice and sunny springtime in Massachusetts. And joining me is my friend and co-host from Dallas, Texas, Mr. Drew Pelto. Welcome, Drew. Good to be here as always. Drew, I just saw your your um your uh, video on YouTube. It's kind of cool. Why don't you let people know how you can they can watch your uh, you know check you out on YouTube? Of course, if you just uh, look up Drew's autographs on YouTube, or if you go to YouTube.com/slash Drew Pelto. If that doesn't work for you, then just go to dfwgraffer.com. That's my website. There's links to everything that I do on there, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or my YouTube channel as well, plus everything that I collect. Drew, it's a, you know, it's a kind of a great week we got coming up, right? We got uh, MLB opening day, which I'm very excited for. We have the NCAA Final Four this weekend and uh, the championship. We have all sorts of stuff. I'm going actually going to... An estate sale this afternoon. I'm going to check it out. They have lost all sorts of uh, sports memorabilia, so I'm going to hopefully maybe pick up a, a few things. And, and uh, there's uh, a big card show next weekend. I have my fantasy draft football, baseball draft next weekend. How about you? You got a lot of stuff uh, planned? Not right now. I've got probably going to try to write out a bunch more TTMs. So I've got enough stamps to send out like 30 or 40 more right now. And I mean, I mailed out, what, 25, I think it was, or 30 a couple of weeks ago, I had said, and got my first couple of those start starting to roll back this week. So probably just going to put the pen to the paper and uh, do what I can there and hope we'll see some more returns rolling in. Yeah, I know. I missed uh, you know, two and a half weeks being away, so I didn't send anything out. And then the week before and the week after, I didn't send any. So I got about a month's worth of, of no TTM sending out. But I sent out a bunch this week, and I got a bunch ready to go for uh, the beginning of next week as well. So, Drew, why don't you let people know where they can find us on uh, 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 on our radio show? Of course, yeah. If you're uh, not listening to it, check it out. Sports Map uh, Radio Network hosts us. It's called Sports Collectors Club, and you can hear us Sunday mornings, 7 a.m. Eastern time, and we usually get replayed at 10 a.m. Eastern. Helps out those on the West Coast there. So uh, make sure you check that out, and you can always check our website for that show at sportscollectorsclub.com. If you don't have a Sports Map Radio affiliate near you, you can tune in on the Sports Map Radio app and pick up old episodes at sportscollectorsclub.com. I'm just so jealous. Every time you do that, my friend, it's like, geez, he's just, he's like smooth. You're just so smooth. I'm- I've had a lot of good ones to learn from over the years. We had this guy, uh, when I was in Wichita Falls working as a producer and uh, producer and DJ and news anchor, we had this guy, Joe Tom White, who he could just nail a 30 second spot. Bam. Like that first try gets it right onto exactly 30 seconds. Like it was just like watching magic in front of you. It was crazy. That's why we call you first take Pelto. You know, I because my brain is just moving a mile a minute. I'm like, oh, I got to talk about this and this and this. And, this. and you're just like, smoothness. 
He's a professional, guys. That's why we bring him along. And also for his TTM uh, expertise. And, and hopefully you're enjoying having Drew on the program as much as I am. Guys, we have a fantastic show this week. Uh, I had the, the pleasure of interviewing Tom Henderson. Tom was a member of the 1972 uh, men's basketball team that won the silver medal that was involved in that really controversial game with the Soviet Union, with Russia. And uh, he talks about that. He also talks about his time in the NBA with the Atlanta Hawks and with the Washington Bullets and with the Houston Rockets. Uh, very forthcoming. He talks all about his, his teammates and guys that he went up against. And uh, he also talks uh, a little collecting in TTM. And so stick around for that at, our, at the end of the program. Next week, we have Les Wolf. Les Wolf is a legend in our hobby, right? Les Wolf has been collecting autographs and memorabilia since... Uh, for 60 years he, he's only 66 i think so he's been collecting since he's like five or six years old he has had rel uh, relationships with muhammad ali mickey mantle joe dimaggio all these guys and i spoke to les for a good hour plus uh about uh, his hobby his time and his hobby and, and how he got involved in it and it's really uh, a fun interview so we'll have less wolf uh from uh less wolf uh i think it's ll uh inc LLC or something like that. Just put in Les Wolf in the search and you can learn about it, Les Wolf. But we got Les Wolf on next week. But this week we have Tom Henderson. We have a great show coming up for you guys. And we've got all of our regular segments. As always, Baker's Dozen, a quick rundown of all things news in the collectibles hobby. Making the grade, all the info on sports card grading and everything that's been going on in that area of the hobby. We've got our stamp of approval where we're going to just talk about anything that we want to give two thumbs up to this week. We got the Vern Rap Minute to cover any deaths in the world of celebrity. And of course, what you're all here for, our TTM returns. Yep. And guys, we want to hear from you. We love to get feedback. We love to get feedback. So if you want to send us a, a quick text, you can send it to us at 978-729-0662. Once again, it's 978-729-0662. Or you can email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Yeah, send us your emails. We love to hear get emails and feedback from you guys. So please, I, I want to appreciate all our uh, longtime listeners, and we've been uh, getting a ton of new listeners. So if you're a new listener, welcome. Please spread the word. Let people know what we're doing, how, uh, fun, how much fun we have talking, collecting, and, and autographs. And uh, I think we're ready to go, Drew. You ready for Baker's Dozen? Sounds good to me. All right, let's start with Baker's Dozen next. <laughs> Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby, and we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. There's a couple of uh, cool auction uh, results that I'd like to mention, and, and, and Drew, chime in, please. Uh, the T206 Wagner, uh, Hornets Wagner card sold for uh, $3.3 million on Thursday by Mile High Auction. The, the cool thing about this card, it's only rated, I think, a 1, PSA 1, but it was owned by Charlie Sheen, and it was in the All-Star Cafe, and they had had it in an unlocked case, and it got stolen. Oh, and wow. They, yeah, and then they, they they recovered it. And the card sold in 2003 for $402,900. So $402,900 in 2003. And then what are we? Uh, my math isn't there, but uh, nine years later, right, Drew? Nine uh, years. 19. 
19 years. 19 years later, it sold for, see, I'm not good at math. <laughs> it sold for $3 million, over, actually over $3 million. Uh, it is still an iconic card in our hobby. I think, I believe there's only about 60 of them in existence. And uh, the provenance for this one really added to the sale, don't you think? It definitely would. I mean, anytime you can get one where you know where it's been, that really helps things out because, I mean, it's, an, it's a card that's also often counterfeited. So if you can trace exactly where it's gone through at least part of its history, that definitely helps things out. Like you look at the uh, McNall Gretzky ones rated a PSA 8, the very highest one ever. That one, you know where it's been. The Sheen one, you know where it's been. And I mean, occasionally you see some pop up where they have some kind of a questionable story behind them. So to know where it's been, yeah, that is a major help. Right. And that McNall Gretzky one actually got trimmed, right? Yes. We, we determined that was trimmed. And then I remember we reported, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago that the, the ripped one, that ripped one went for big bucks. It was only like yep. two thirds of the one. So if, if anyone ever saw it, it was funny because um, April Fools obviously was the other day. And uh, someone posted that they found a a, a stack of, of two, ta, ta, uh, T206 Wagners that was kind of really funny. Like, oh, come on. You can come up with a better April Fool's joke than that. Yeah. Well, another auction, uh, not shocker, but another cool auction result is a 2008 Upper Deck uh, Radiance, which had uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant autographed on it. It was numbered to five. It was a BSG 8.5, and it sold for auction in the PWCC marketplace in March for $216,000. That's a pretty good number for those three guys on a card, don't you think? It definitely is. I mean, that's, you know, your three biggest players of the last 40 or so years in basketball. So to have all of them on one card, that's that's a pretty amazing one right there. And just as a local Cleveland kid, it's kind of cool that it sold for $216,000 because 216 that's our area code so uh we see you there lebron <laughs> pretty good well guys we're gonna we have some national news to report and we are going to be we are your place for national news we are going to have ray schulte on uh later in the in uh, the year to talk about the national drew and i will be both be attending the national and we are gonna uh you're gonna be sick of hearing about the national but drew has some news to report about the national yeah, it's definitely, it's, I mean, it's the biggest thing to look forward to every year. I know uh, Aaron Littleton, who was on the show a few months ago, he and I are doing this big road trip around it as well. So you're going to be hearing from me a lot about that too. It's going to be like, just, just shut up, please go, go put that, go put that on your own channel or something. But <laughs> we started to finally get some autograph guests uh, names rolling out. The National had originally announced that uh, TriStar would be announcing those starting in mid-March and uh, took a couple extra weeks there. They finally started the first one, I believe just back on the 31st or 3rd. 30th, something like that. But uh, the Tuesday, first, right? It was Tuesday, I think. Was it Tuesday? Okay. It's they've been kind of gradually letting them letting them out here. But uh so far they've got three names announced as autograph guests at the national. First one they picked up was uh NFL Hall of Famer Dan Marino. I believe he's making his first ever appearance at the national with this one. So be cool to have him there. Uh second one they announced David Ortiz, the most recent baseball hall of fame member. He'll be there as well. And the third one they've already come out with is Mariano Rivera, the first ever unanimous baseball hall of famer. He will be there as well. So these are the paid autograph guests, of course, not the uh, free ones for VIPs, unfortunately, because I mean, I need Rivera for a card set. So uh, that would have been nice, but very, that one's probably gonna be a pretty pricey one though, judging from the uh, prices I've seen on his signings before, but tickets for these are going to go on sale on May 26th. Of course, the National is out in Atlantic City, July 27th through the 31st. You can find out all the info on that at nsccshow.com.
com. Very cool. Uh, one other thing I want to let everyone know about is make sure you check out the Cards Life, which is hosted by Matt Strom, Red Sox pitcher Matt Strom, on, on Bailey Sports Network across the country. And their new show dropped. Uh, it's about South Carolina, and one of the things they focus on is Joe Jackson, Joe Jackson's birthplace, which is kind of cool. Uh, you can go check out the card, the card life on uh, YouTube and see all their old episodes. Uh, it's a really great show. If you haven't seen it, check it out. The card life and uh, the new show, the new show dropped uh, the other day for April, and they are uh, focusing on South Carolina this month. I've uh, got some news out of uh, Bryce Harper. Moving on to the. Uh... Kind of contract world here, I guess. He has signed an exclusive deal now with Fanatics for autographs and game-used items. So uh, always been kind of a tough autograph to get to begin with. Uh, that's going to make him at least a little bit more accessible now having a deal with Fanatics. So keep an eye out on him through there if you need him for any projects you're working on or just want to add a Bryce Harper autograph to your collection. But that's going to be the place to get him if you can't uh, break him down in a game, which I've heard he doesn't really sign much of games either. So that's your place now. We got some show news to report. Uh Next weekend, the Rich Altman show at the Wilmington uh, in Wilmington, Mass at the Shriners Auditorium. It's April 8th through the 10th. Uh, they have a lot of guys signing, including Tony Perez, Phyllis Bazito, Hall of Famer David Ortiz. We just mentioned about Ricky Henderson will be there. Always going to see Ricky. Wade Boggs, the the the, the hitman Wade Boggs, uh, Andre Dawson, uh, all going to be there. And there's a bunch of other guys there as well, some Celtics and, and uh, I mean, some Bruins and Patriots guys. So check it out. It's HollywoodCollectibles.com. I believe they are taking mail-ins for these as well. So check it out, HollywoodCollectibles.com. And uh, it, it should be a really good show. We have some new releases to talk about. Um, just a couple new releases this week. Uh, clearly Donner's Football, which is coming out. Um, and I, I've heard rave reviews about this. Or it actually came out the other day. Um, four, four packs in, in a box, 50 cards in, uh, in the uh, five cards in the pack. Sorry, 20 cards in the, to in the total box. You get one auto, two parallels, one insert, and eight rated rookies for about $304 per box. And boy, Drew, did I butcher that one up. So it's <laughs> Clearly, Donner's football just came out the other day, April 1st. Um, I've seen a couple of people really raving about it. It's a, it's a great product. Um, so check it out. Clearly, Donner's football just came out $340 a box. Coming up on April 6th, a little bit later on this week, Panini is going to have their Prism basketball release. That one's been delayed a little bit. Glad to see that one's going to be rolling out to the shelves there. But for $250 a box, you'll be able to get four packs of 10 cards, 40 cards total right there. Four autographs, four inserts, four silver cards, and eight parallels in each box there. So pretty nice uh, selection of stuff going on in there. I know Prism is always a fan favorite among everybody, just about. I mean, it takes over nicely on uh, for basketball and football where Topps Chrome left off when uh, Panini took over everything in those two sports. So, yeah, definitely go and check that out. Guaranteed to be a pretty uh, fun release right there. And uh, Drew, that's kind of Drew. Drew's one of Drew's babies. He worked on that baby. Those. So Drew, I, what you have to do is when on, if you work on a card, you have to put your initials someplace in there so that only you can find it. You know, like the comic guys, they, they all do that. So uh, that, that anytime you got to sneak your initials in there somewhere. So pa pass the, the, your editors and the proofreaders and all that, just make sure you get it in there. Well, one, uh, one other release, and this is kind of cool, is Alana Sports and uh, DroppingDimes.org. They have a new thing. It's called the ABA Signature Series. It's a signed ABA ball, 
each month each month they're going to come out with a a new ball and once the the ball is gone they're not going to have it anymore um and it's really cool all the proceeds go to help out the uh retired aba players who are not on the nba pension helps them out with with stuff like food and medicine and rent and and just you know so they can live a normal life you know they gave us all sorts of entertainment and and uh worked hard as NBA ABA players, but the ABA is no longer with us and there's no, there's not really a pension. So line of sports and dropping dimes.org. Uh, check it out. Line This month was Darnell Hillman, the dunk man. Yeah. You can get the ball, a signed ball between 129 and $149. It's a couple of different inscriptions, but it's really cool. Check it out. All the, the I don't say all the money, but all the money, most of the money goes to um, dropping dimes.org. So check that out. Uh, uh, really cool. Well, that wraps up Baker's Dozen for the week. Uh, and next up, we're going to uh, announce our contest winner. Ready, Drew? Trumpeting fanfare. Da, 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 da. We have a winner. Yay. So, yay. So we gave away a collector's pack, which has a um a collect.apps t-shirt and also it's other cool stuff and csg hats and a bag and it's just really cool so uh lee hudson from south carolina won it and congratulations lee uh this week we're going to give away a we're, gonna, we're calling it the kids prize pack so what the kids prize pack includes it includes a collects.app t-shirt it's only a medium one so these are for our kids that you know if you've got a big big kid not going to really fit him so i got a collects.app t-shirt which is medium 25 top loaders from collects a pack of tops cards a uh, sports collectors club uh, card stand we'll put, throw a couple of those in and some ttm cast magnets remember this is for kids prime you know we're thinking maybe like 12 13 years old and young, or younger if you got a kid that's a collector it's a perfect uh, prize for them uh we want to thank our friends at collects.app check out collects.app it is a fabulous application what you do is you just you scan it's a free app you scan your card and you front scan the front and the back of the card any card you want it doesn't have to necessarily be yours and then you if you're at a show you can it will give you it will, you can find out how much that card recently sold for in the last what 15 to 20 times on ebay it's really cool and also you can build your collection and you can trade and sell with other collectors so it's a really cool app check it out collects.app it is free collect c-o-l-l-x dot app check that out we I, it's one of our drew and i's favorite apps so this our, our our kids prize pack if you have a youngster you want to enter them just send me your your name and maybe your kid's name because we'll mail it out directly to the kid everyone loves to get mail and i'll need your mailing address and you can send it to where, do, where they send it drew that would be ttmcast at yahoo.com that's right. Or you can text us at 978-729-0662. So please, this is a kid's pack. It is for, uh, you know, if you got a kid, boy or girl, um, you know, the, again, the, the shirt is medium. So if this is, we got a big kid. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> please enter for, enter today. And that wraps up our contest. We're going to go right into Making the Grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. 
Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Sure, why don't you tell us what's going on with PSA? Yeah, this is a pretty big news in the collect in the uh, grading world, but PSA's parent company, Collectors, has decided they're going to open an East Coast vault in Delaware. They've already raised $100 million in funding for it. Uh, they're going to have over 100 graders tackling this backlog that PSA has right now. It's a 13 million card backlog that they're dealing through right now, but that'll hopefully get them uh, caught up on everything there and back uh, back to their normal times there on returns. But PSA now valued at $4.3 billion. That is a crazy amount right there. But I mean, we've, we always talk about how big grading is in the hobby right now. And so for the biggest name in grading, I guess that's not too much of a shocker, really. Yeah, $4.3 billion is something. One of, one of the things we want to mention again, we want to uh, congratulate our friends at CSG. CSG released a, their brand new label at the Mint Collective last week in Las Vegas. And uh, hopefully you've seen it. It's really a nice, clean, beautiful label. They've kind of downgraded uh, the green in their previous label and now it's all black silver and gold they are really uh clean uh neat looking labels um check it out uh at csg uh, csgcards.com and they're also making a, uh, adjustments to their grading so they're going to have uh closer their grading scale is going to be closer to uh, everyone else's grading scale and it's good to standardize the grading for everyone so that that's a good move as well so we want to congratulate CSG on uh, the new release of the label and making adjustments to their grading. We are going to have Andy Broom from CSG on in a couple of weeks. He's their head grader um, to really talk about what's going on uh, with CSG on a grading level. So we look forward to that. But I just wanted to congratulate CSG on that. Uh, one, another uh, one, another uh, one of our sponsors is DSG, which is don't get don't be confused by it. That's Diamond Service Grading. DSG Diamond Service Grading. It's DSGGrading.com. We had President uh, Michael Clark on last week. You can go check out our, our uh, interview if you haven't heard it. But Diamond Service Grading, they have a uh, special code, coupon code, discount code that's only available to TTM Cast listeners. And it's $5 off any any grade, uh, every every grade, any and every card you get graded. The coupon code is 4HMUGTZG. Don't worry if you didn't write it down. It's available on our website, but I'll give it again. 4-H-M-U-G-T-Z-G. This is Diamond Service Grading. They have a cool QR code on their label. You scan the QR code and you can see exactly why your card got the grade. Their standard submissions are about $30 and you, you'll get it for $25 with the coupon code. They have cool uh, era uh, labels you can check out. They also have uh, one-day turnarounds, which are really neat. So if you need something turned around, in one day it costs, but uh, it's really cool. You next day to them, and then the next day they send it right back to you. So uh, check that out, dsgdiamondservicegrading.com. Well, Drew, I think that wraps up the uh, making the grade. We're going to go right into TTMCast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTMCast stamp of approval. So Drew, I'll, I'll give you a couple of minutes because I don't want you to put put you on a on the spot, you know. <laughs> yep. So my, I came up with one, so I got one, I think. But yeah, okay. go for it. All right, my TTM cast stamp approval. It's baseball season. Remember the old uh, Looney Tunes cartoons would say, "It's baseball season, my boy." Right? What season yep. is it? Game warden. It's baseball season, my boy. Well, it's baseball season, my boy. And the thing that I love almost as much as TTM is fantasy baseball. 
I, I just love playing fantasy baseball. I've been playing fantasy baseball for over 30 years now and pretty, basically the same 10 guys. Well, I have my draft coming up next Sunday. We always do our draft the, uh, the day after uh, opening day, you know, the weekend after opening day. So opening day, I think, is Thursday. And we're going to have our draft on Sunday morning. All, all the guys are coming over. Get, I, we get to see each other twice a year. We get we have a winter meeting in, in the winter and because we're, we're crazy. And we, we see each other at the draft. So we're having the draft at my house. I have been just started studying we put in put in our uh, player protection and i just love fantasy baseball so fantasy baseball is my is getting my ttm cast stamp approval hope you guys are playing cool. all right well mine this week goes to this company called cbd american shaman and uh, so i've had this uh i've mentioned it before on the show here the last couple weeks i've been dealing with what i think is basically a sprained ankle and it's finally starting to get a little bit better or at least i thought it was and uh but one of the things that really helped me is that there's a lot of CBD supplements out there. Now, I should preface this, CBD legal in only, I believe, 47 states in the U.S. So if you're listening in South Dakota or Idaho, sorry, too bad for you guys. There's one other state where it's like kind of questionable and everything. But not to interrupt, Drew, but if, you have, if we have a listener from South Dakota, <laughs> South Dakota, I want a South Dakota listener with the South Dakota mailing address. You send me it at, at ttmcast at yahoo.com. I'll send you a TTM cast t-shirt free. I like that. That sounds great. There we go. So that'd be great. Find a listener in every state eventually or something like that. But so anyways, I've been using this stuff. As, and what's great is, I mean, it has, they've got some for internal, like, you know, take it as like a supplement. There's some that work externally, but my God, it has really helped with pain actually. Cause uh, obviously, you know, CBD kind of a new development here has been illegal almost all the country because, you know, hemp gets tied to marijuana and, this country still has a very weird relationship with that. But uh, now that uh, like industrial hemp has been made legal to grow and to use, CBD has been a big thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, the products that they have there at American Shaman have been absolutely incredible for helping my ankle out. I mean, I woke up this morning with this like stabbing pain in it. Too. It was weird because it's like the last couple of days when I first had it, I couldn't put any weight on it. That's when I started having all the problems there. And then after a while, I could move it around and it was fine. But putting any weight on it still hurt. It's kind of gone just the opposite here the other day now where I can put weight on it. I just can't move it certain ways. And this morning it was really bad. So I got hobbled over my seat, put on this uh, CBD rub type stuff that was uh, that my wife was able to pick up for uh, for it. And she goes into the kitchen, starts grinding up the coffee. By the time the coffee is done, it's totally like all those. It still hurts a little bit, but the major pain has been completely just obliterated by it. It's like, where has this been all my life? My God. So. If you're the type that suffers from any major pain, go and check out your local uh, CBD American Shaman or any kind of CBD place. That stuff really helps. I was, I'm really shocked by it, but I love it. Well, Drew, I can't share a CBD story with you. Uh, I, I should say I don't want to share a CBD story with you, but I have a South Dakota story with, for you, if you can believe right. it. So my wife and I were in Florida last a couple weeks ago, and we're at a, a, a restaurant, a bar. It was more of a bar than a restaurant. And we're sitting there drinking frozen drinks like you like you do when you're on vacation, right? Of and we're course. in the we're we're kind of overlooking the ocean, and it was just beautiful. And my wife loves to talk to everyone, and I do too. So we always we always talk to everyone that's around us. So we always, especially when we're on vacation, you know. So the people that were sitting in the bar are waiting, they're waiting for table, and we started talking to them, and they were from South Dakota. 
And you know, usually you can have some type of point of reference when you talk to somebody, when you meet somebody like, oh yeah, I've been there. Or, you know, I, I know this city or oh, have you been yep. to this place or been, those, been, been to this restaurant? Well, the two of us looked at each other like South Dakota. We don't know what you in South Dakota. We, <laughs> we've never been to South Dakota. We have not even a reason to go to South Dakota. But I'll tell you, these two people were the nicest people ever. Wow. I wish I, we, we could have spent all night with them because they were just so down earth and so friendly. So my South Dakota story is for people, not, not places. So uh, I'm not bad mouthing. So South Dakota looking for a listener from South Dakota, because I hope we do have listeners in South Dakota, but I just wanted to mention that, uh, the my one South Dakota story because I don't think I I don't think I've ever I don't know I know I've never been there and I just don't there's no sports you know there's no reason for there's no shows in South Dakota that I'm going to and there's no there must be some minor league teams so you think is there a minor league team in South Dakota um I believe there's a team maybe in the frontier league in uh Sioux Falls I want to say has a team I think Sioux Falls is South Dakota but yeah there's I mean you've got what uh Sioux Falls the Badlands, um, Mount Rushmore, and that's about it for the entire state right there. And that's, I think, all in kind of the eastern part of the state, too. So, yeah, there's uh, it's it's one of the 11 states that I have yet to visit. And it's, I mean, unless I happen to just, you know, having to swing by if I'm up in Minnesota or something like that, I can, you know, step in real quick and say, okay, both feet are on the ground. I'm just over the border. We're good. I visited. Let's go. But, I mean, I'd love to be able to see more of it at least. But, yeah, there's... Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. There's not really, I mean, it's one of the smaller states out there population-wise, and it's all kind of spread out really in there too, so. Yeah, it's a long way to go to look at rocks. You know what I mean? We, My wife and I, this is how bad we are, right? We went to we, we went to the Grand Canyon because we lived in Phoenix. So we're like, oh, we got to go see the Grand Canyon, you know? And my son was, I don't know, five or six years old, maybe even, yeah, I think it was five or six years old. So we took the, and he loved trains. So we took the train up from, um, I forget Kingman. I think we took the train from Kingman to the Grand Canyon. So the train ride was awesome. We get off, we go to the Grand Canyon. We literally looked at the Grand Canyon for 10 minutes and said, is that all there is? (laughs) (laughs) The two of us, the two of us, we were like bored. Nature is I'm lost on nature. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't that I, I, I'm embarrassed to say that I looked at I, I spent 10 minutes at Grand Canyon and I was ready to get out of there. Yet I can sit at the Boston Red Sox uh, practice with no game going on and watch it for hours and be entertained. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, well, guys, that wraps up. Uh, make you know, no, not making the grade. We did make the grade that map wraps up. TTM cast stamp of approval, and we're going to go right into the burn rat minute. The burn rat minute is dedicated to Mr. Burn Rap, who passed away prior to. Um, he's sending out a TTM request. And we do this as a, a service to our fellow TTMers, let people know who passed away in the world of celebrity and sports and, and uh, such uh, so that they don't send out TTM requests. And thankfully, uh, Drew, we only have a couple of people that passed this week. Uh, this one, the first woman that I'm going to talk about, I never heard of her before, but when I learned, I, re- I learned and read her name and learned more about her, I just said, wow, this, is, this woman might be one of the top 10 athletes uh, we've had in this country in the last I don't know, 100 years. Uh, her name is Joan Joyce. 
She's a softball legend and an LPGA record holder. She struck out Hank Aaron and Ted Williams in an exhibition game. Wow. I don't care if you struck them out in a wiffle ball game. That's that is something to be, to be said, right? She's she was a pitcher and uh, she struck out Aaron and Williams in an exhibition game. To make matters worse, she had the lowest amount of putts in an LPGA round 17. 17 putts. That's what I do in like five or six holes. <laughs> in addition, in a, in a basketball tournament game, she scored 64 points. She was a coach. She was an athlete. She did everything. This woman was uh, remarkable. So if you don't know anything about Jane, Joan Joyce, chat, look, look her up. Joan Joyce. She is uh, one of the, the best athletes I've ever read about in terms of her accomplish, accomplishments in her life. Uh, she passed away. She was 81. She did answer a few TTMs, as I saw. But um, just a remarkable woman. So we're, we're really sorry for the loss. Uh, we also saw the uh, death of Harold Aiken this week. He played with the San Diego Chargers for a couple of years, 67 to 68. Offensive lineman for them, mostly at tackle, also went to Oklahoma State as well. Aiken had no cards. He was not a TTMer, but uh, like Jeff said, it's been a fortunately a very light week on deaths, but we want to make sure we uh, mention Harold Aiken in there as well. Yeah, he was an AFLer. And, you know, when we'll learn, you know, these, the ABA and the AFL are kind of two of my favorite defunct leagues along with the WHA and you know we're losing these guys the guys have played in these leagues that you know they I don't want to say they were secondary leagues but they certainly weren't the primary league but um, they did a lot for the game and a lot for professional sports all these guys did um, to make what we, we see today because you know we look at the uh, NFL with with all the passing and, and guys going deep and all that well you know what that was the all AFL right ABA, the three-point line, the three-point shot, and the dunk. We wouldn't have that in the NBA if it wasn't for the AFL, so uh, the ABA. And, and then the WHA. Well, one guy guy we might have heard of, he played in the WHA before NHL, Wayne Gretzky. There's a yep. lot of guys that played in the, in the WHA that were training grounds for, for NFL and uh, the NHL. So these – these I don't want to – I'm not spurching these secondary leagues, but these mm-hmm. defunct leagues – um, are important and, and Harold Aiken was a member of the AFL and, and, and we're sorry for the loss. Well, that wraps up um, Fern Rap Minute. Again, our condolences go out to friends and family. Next up is our TTM cast, TTM cast, our TTM returns. Now is the time to submit your sports cards to CSG. CSG offers some of the fastest turnaround times in the industry at the most affordable prices ranging from three to 45 business days and grading fees as low as $12 per card. Take advantage of the improved turnaround times and get your cards back in your hands with the new CSG label, faster than ever. Go to csgcards.com for details. Well, Drew, this is why we do TTM, right? Return. So I'll do mine because mine's short this week. Uh, I've been... Uh, you know, I was on vacation for two and a half weeks and, and the week before and the week after I didn't get much out. So I only, I got one back and it was, came back yesterday and it was Drew Brees and uh, Drew Brees. I'm very happy to get it. It was on his second year card. He's a charger card. Took about six months. I sent out, I think $10. I sent it to his foundation um, and I posted it yesterday and boy, I got all sorts of 
um, weird comments, you know, oh, that, well, oh, that's an April Fool's joke. He doesn't sign for $10 and, oh, oh he kind of charges $300 and no, uh, what, 40 million guys asking me their address and mm-hmm. um, I'm going to use this as a little diatribe. I love this hobby. I love it. I, I love it so much. But the one thing that is kind of tough is when you post a, a TTM return and you get 20 guys asking 50 guys asking for an address. Well, you know, go guys, go check out sportscardforum.com. It's free. Sportscardforum.com is free and you get their addresses right there. And also sportscollectors.net is only $15. So do do your homework, please. If I don't mind confirming an address. I don't mind helping you. I don't mind pointing you in the right direction, but I'd rather teach you guys how to fish as opposed to giving you the fish, if you know what I mean. Because, um, it's so much more fun when you can do it yourself and get the addresses. And Drew and I have been doing this for a while now. And part of, part of it is, is digging up the addresses. These guys are finding the addresses or just, you know, talk to your friends because I'm sure some of your friends might have it as well, but please, please, please stop with the asking for addresses. It's just really hard. And I, you know, I, again, I had a couple of guys send me a thing. Is this the address I, I, I should send to? And I love that. That's great. I'll, yeah. I'll confirm any address. But a lot of times, especially like a guy like Drew Brees, I sent this out probably six months ago. And I don't have that right off the top of my head. I got to go dig into my records and go find it. And to do that every time, it, it's just really uh, cumbersome. So, you know, please, I, I love posting and I love getting the reaction. But please do you know do the work before before you come out and say address. You know that's that, that's the one thing. What's your thought on that, Drew? I am completely in agreement with you on there because I got the same thing happened with my uh, breeze success, which I'll mention here in a bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, so many comments of address, address. Oh, we're just sending it to you. We're just sending it. Oh, all this and it's like anytime somebody would ask me that, I just say I got it off sportscollectors.net because that's where I get all of my addresses from. So if you see a success that I post go there if you need the address because that's going to be the easiest way to do it like you said it's about you know make sure they just show that you put in the effort yourself you know i mean sportscollectors.net costs 15 bucks a year and i mean it's only 15 bucks it's really not much i've spent more on really stupid things before and this is actually one of the best things in the hobby so worth the 15 bucks but it's something that everybody if you're in the ttm hobby you can afford the 15 dollars a year because you're spending at least i mean you're going to save that much on wasted postage by signing up there and using their address because they've got the most up-to-date information typically. So yeah, I mean, I highly recommend them. I try to tell any new collector to do that. And like you, if somebody says, Hey, is this the address I can confirm or deny for sure, but just show that you made the effort, show that you put it in. And also don't think that just because somebody signed for you, they're going to sign for everybody either, or that you saw success. They're going to sign for you either. It's worth a try, but it's not really guaranteeing anything. If I go back to like, I think it's about five, seven years ago or something like that. Uh, somebody in a card group I was mentioning mentioned uh, that I was a member of mentioned seeing Dan Ugla at his local gym. I'm like, really? I wonder if he signed him for a set. And I looked him up and he didn't sign it all. I'm thinking, well, nobody's really tested him either through a home address. I was able to look it up through like white pages, put it out there, mailed it out, got it back, posted it up. And everybody's saying, oh my God, where'd you send this? Where'd you send this? And I put the address out there and I never saw another, uh, another success posted from that address again. So like I said, just because it works once doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. It's still worth a shot, though, but, you know, don't uh, don't expect anything guaranteed at all either. Yeah, I honestly I won't if I if if it, the address isn't on sports collectors dot uh, net or sports card form, I won't give the I won't give the address out. Uh, 
just because either someone gave it to me or I did a lot of work to get that address. So, you know, I, and again, these guys, a lot of times they don't want to get inundated. Drew Brees is a little different because he's earning money for a foundation, right? So mm -hmm. the money's going towards the foundation. And I'm sure the more people that send cards to him, um, you know, the more money he earns for that foundation. So, you know, that's like, like Carlton Fist and some of these other guys that, are, you know, the money's going to a charity. I don't mind. I don't mind giving out their address because, you know, that, that $50 isn't going in his pocket. It's going to, to the, the charity. Brett Sabrehagen's another one. You know, he's yeah. going towards breast, breast, um, breast cancer, um, which is awesome. You know, Jim Cott was giving his, his money to uh, the little leagues, you know, local little leagues. That's that that that's outstanding. I love when these guys use their um, celebrity to earn money for to charities. That that that's that that is that's perfect. That's why when I see some of these guys that are requesting donations, quote unquote, uh, I love to see what the, there's actual uh, an actual charity out there. You know, there's, there's some guys that, you know, is not going to charity, but Drew, you know, we did Drew, Drew and I both got Drew Brees, Drew Brees this week. We love to share our successes. We love when people are interested, um, but please uh, don't be lazy. That's all we're asking. Do, you know, do a, do a little work. It, it's a, the, the best part of this hobby is the networking and the sharing of information. And we don't want, we don't ever want to end that. Right. We want to keep, keep that open so that's what we're all about i'm going to send out 15 uh, ttm requests this week hopefully we'll have some more to report but drew why don't you let us know your uh, returns for the week of course well as i just mentioned there i got drew breeze back this week i did not know that was his foundation address so i didn't send any money at all with it i just wrote a really great letter out as i try to especially with like a big name like this i think it was like a full page handwritten when it all came down to it but just always to keep in mind there that uh, quality helps as well so you know make sure you're writing a really good letter there. And if I ever send to him again, it's definitely going to be probably double that uh, donation there just because, I mean, finding out later that, oh, that's a foundation. Oh, crap. You know, I feel like I kind of need to make up for that a little bit. But uh, a couple others I got in this week. On the 29th, I got uh, Pete Shurek in. Of course, he was a longtime pitcher for the Mets, Reds, a couple other teams. He was actually the runner-up for the National League Cy Young Award in 1995. I did not know that. That was one of the shockers. <laughs> Must have been a tough year. Well, the not, thing was the top not to two take pitchers. away from Pete Shurik, but Pete Shurik is certainly not your typical Cy Young candidate. Yeah, I think he well, I think he won like 17 or 18 games that year, which is crazy. He had this really big year in that regard. He finished second in the voting behind. This is when Greg Maddox had his absolutely incredible year with like the 1.63 ERA or whatever it was. So he ended up winning it. Shurik finished second. And Tom Glavin was probably the second best pitcher in baseball, but he finished third because, you know, everybody's going to vote for Maddox first and kind of end up with uh, Glavin as being an afterthought there because of it. But yeah, I got Pete Shurik back here this week. That took about a year and a half turnaround on that one. He uh, sat on some mail for a while, it looks like. On the 31st, I got back a private signing with uh, Mickey Rivers. Got uh, two set needs I needed right there. So glad to get those uh, those locked up. But if anybody needs Mickey Rivers or... Um, Ron Blumberg. Ron Blumberg. There you go. Uh, John Francis is the guy who's been running the uh, private signings there. So you'll probably see the address there for a John Francis in Florida. Totally legit. That's who I went through on this. So... If you need either of them, don't hesitate to send through him. Uh, also on the 31st, got back Billy Bean, who's, of course, not to be confused with either Billy Bean or Bill Bean. This one is the one who's the Major League Baseball Ambassador for Inclusion, not the Executive Vice President of the A's or the uh, 1988 number 5 overall draft pick. But uh, this particular Billy Bean signed three cards for me. Took about, I believe, three months is what it came out to. Um, April 1st, yesterday, got back Tom Waddle, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears for a long time. 
who's kind of Wes Welker before Wes Welker existed, kind of played that uh, slot possession receiver role right there and did a pretty darn good job of it. He was a BC guy, right? He might have been. I'll have to think, check on that. But I think he might have been. Sounds, sounds right, yeah. And also got uh, Jack Savage back as well. He was a pitcher for the Twins and the Mets back in the late 80s, the early 90s. A little fun stat on him that I discovered while I was uh, sending off to him was that he made his Major League debut on my wife's fifth birthday and played his final Major League game on my wife's ninth birthday. The exact same day he had his uh, debut and final game both. So kind of an interesting little stat right there. But uh, and hopefully that's uh, that's all I got for this week. I'm probably going to try to write out and mail a few more. I've got enough stamps to send like 30 or 40 more uh, requests out. But uh, also had an eBay pickup this week that, Jeff, I got to show you this one here. But uh, uh, what'd you get? So unfortunately, the fans won't be able to see this one or the listeners won't be able to see this one, but I can uh, give a rundown here. Have you ever seen this card before? I have. I have that one. Nice. Well, I found the set on eBay because it has, uh, there's the one with the, this is the uh, 1990 Pro Set, Pro Set Prospect prospect Jeff George, number one pick with the New England Patriots. They also did one with the Colts, which of course was the team that ended up taking him. And with the Atlanta Falcons as well, who originally had the number one overall pick, because uh, what ProSet had wanted to do as the official card of the NFL, they wanted to be able to get some photos of whoever went picked first overall, holding up a bunch of their own cards or something with that team, and use that for promotional stuff, put it on the back of a card later if they want to, something like that. So uh, the problem was the Falcons owned the number one overall pick, and they seemed to be pretty happy with Chris Miller at quarterback, so they weren't really looking QB at all. But New England was talking about moving up because they needed somebody to replace Steve Grogan, and Tony Easton wasn't cutting it just yet. They needed, um, who else? The uh, Colts were talking about it. They wanted to move up because they wanted to get, you know, a hometown kid there in Indianapolis is Jeff George. And uh, the problem, though, that they had was that they didn't even have a first-round pick that year, and I'm not even sure they had a second-round pick either. But eventually they were able to package stuff up together with, uh, that's how Andre Risen, of course, went from the Colts to the Falcons. But uh, moved him and Chris Hinton and a couple draft picks and moved up to number one in the draft. And that's how they got uh, Jeff George there. But because of that, they printed up those three cards plus a uh, Keith McCants Falcons card. So that way, no matter who went number one to what team, they could be prepared for it. And uh, fortunately, they nailed it on one of those because when they tried in 1991, I think they completely whiffed on it. So uh, good on them, at least for being able to uh, do those. And yeah, a bunch of those actually ended up sneaking out into the collector's world. So I was able to pick up a set on eBay. I was hoping to mail those off to Jeff George, and unfortunately, it looks like he stopped signing about a year ago. So, oh, that's too bad because he was a great signer. He was, yeah. And uh, I was hoping to send those three off. I saw that, oh crap! Right after I literally about a minute after I hit uh, the payments on there, I checked on SportsCollectors.net, and oh, no successes since uh, December of 2020. Well, uh, guess we'll be sitting on these for a little while. So I'm hoping he starts signing again at some point. I can just mail those off. Yeah, he was. Uh, he- he was, a, he was a really good quarterback. He never made it to be that superstar level, but he was right below it. He 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 was good. Just, when you mentioned the Atlanta Falcons, and I know this is kind of off topic, but I'm gonna we'll talk about it anyway because we got a few right. minutes. The Atlanta Falcons, what are they doing? Last year they had the third pick in the draft. They passed by all these quarterbacks and they took uh, Pitts, who's good, mm-hmm. and, and they all oh, were gonna go with Matt Ryan. Then they this year. They trade Matt Ryan. Yeah. Like, what are they doing? And there's no quarterbacks in this year's draft. Are mm-hmm. they just zigging when everyone else is zagging? Or are they just kind of, they can't keep track of what they want to do? I guess they just really have faith in Marcus Mariota. Because I think they signed him there right after. I know, he's right not right good. After. 
Yeah, and that's like, uh, that's, yeah, I mean, there's, they're kind of reminding me a little bit of the uh, Browns of the last uh, decade or so, yeah. but the Browns, at least I can kind of see a pattern developing with the Falcons. It's like, this, I mean, you don't know what to expect out of them next. I mean, I, I have no idea, so I don't know. Just wait. All right, guys. I'm sorry. We're off off, off the rails a little. <laughs> Drew, Drew just talks and I start talking. We're sorry. We, we get to run 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 of the mouth so sometimes. But with thanks, Drew, for your returns. Great job. We are uh, done with TTM returns for the week. We're going to go right into our TTM cast interview for the week. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee. CSGcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Well, guys, I interviewed uh, Tom Henderson. Tom Henderson, the way I, uh, I sent out a TTM request to Tom Henderson, I don't know, three, three, three or four weeks ago. And if you have my phone, every once in a while, you just pick up the phone because you never know who's going to call you. And Tom Henderson called me. So I started talking to him. And this guy just loved, he, he's a great talker, a great raconteur and talking about his career and talking about um, being in the Olympics. And, and I interviewed Tom about, about uh, all that and collecting as well. So Tom is uh, very forthright in his interview. So please listen intensely because he drops a couple of bombs during this interview that um, if it was on the ESPN, it would make some headlines. So listen to my interview with Tom Henderson. It's a really fun interview. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. CSG is excited to reveal its brand new certification label. The new label matched with the hobby's best holder will enhance and preserve your cards like no other certification option. Green is gone in favor of a black, silver, and gold palette that will complement the colors of any sports card. Up your collecting game with the new CSG label, as well as the fastest turnaround times at the most affordable prices. Get the new label today at csgcards.com. Welcome into the program is nine-year NBA veteran. He was drafted in the first round by the Atlanta Hawks in the 1974 NBA draft out of the University of Hawaii. He was a member of the 1972 silver medal Olympic men's basketball team. Welcome to the program, Mr. Tom Henderson. Uh, my pleasure. How y'all doing this morning? Tom, I went to University of Hawaii in 1986 on exchange, so you and I have that in common. Was it difficult for you uh, coming to Hawaii as a kid from the East Coast in the 70s? Yeah, well, I went to San Jacinto first, and, um, you know, I was there for two years in Pasadena, Texas, outside of Houston. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it was uh, it was great basketball. It was pretty tough, to, you know, as far as um, we, was doing out, we was on the outskirts of uh, Houston and Pasadena which was kind of crazy, but, you know, it helped me grow up. And coming out of New York, it was different. But um, then I went to visit University of Hawaii, and I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it. And, I, you know, we didn't have a great team, but the you know, second year we went to the NIT, that's when they would have – now they have the NIT where they have uh, – they go to the team with the best record. They they go play them at their place. And then the last four teams go to the NIT. But back then – all the teams would go to the NIT. So it was nice. You know, we enjoyed it, but um, it was good. You know, I enjoyed it. Um, when I left San Jacinto, I made the Olympic team. And that was the real, you know, push for me. And um, so I really enjoyed that because, uh, you know, we had a great team. We just, 
we had um you know eleven out of twelve guys were first round picks in the ABA and NBA at that time. So we had a great team, but our coach was Hank Geiber, and he was seventy, and our average age was twenty. So wow. there was a fifty year gap. So you know, yeah, he had that old time basketball, but we had deers and we didn't run, and so and like when we we played the last game against the Russians. We didn't scout them. We didn't look at them. And, you know, at the time I played against um, guys that played on the Russian team, they had been, you know, together for three, three previous Olympics. You know, that's 12 years they've been playing together. So every day. So they know each other. So, you know, we were young. We were college guys. We had a good talent, but we kind of played that slow-up game, you know, where we – Put pass the ball around for 37, 25 or 30 seconds. Then the last five seconds, you want to take a shot. Well, the defense said if the last five seconds is going to be tighter than the defense in the first five seconds. So we didn't play basketball. We played, you know, slow up, and that wasn't what we had young deers. We should have ran them out to the gym, but we didn't. So it's just, a, you know, matter of, I guess, how arrogant we didn't, we didn't think about scouting them or looking at them, you know. If we were scouting them, they wouldn't know how to play them, you know, because we didn't know. We just didn't know, so. Were you on the court at the end of that controversial gold medal game in 1972 against the Russians? Yes, I was on the court. I was on the court. And then, and at the time, you know, we had a 50-page protest, but, you know, the committee was three three communist countries and two non-communist countries. So the the vote was going to be three-two. So we had a 50-page protest, but it doesn't matter, you know. And, you know, they put the clock back three times on us. By the third time, we, you know, they, they won. So, And so we didn't accept the silver medals because we felt, you know, we got cheated. So, you know, we are 20 years old. So, we, you know, that, that Cold War stuff and all that. So it was something else, you know. So And um, so we learned from it, but... You know, everybody, you know, accepted, you know, did want to accept the silver medal except Tom McMillan, but we were going to whoop him, so he was going to have to accept it. We weren't going to let him go away with it, you know, so. See, we decided we weren't going to accept the silver medal because we felt we were cheated, and, you know, we were young guys. So, you know, like I said, we were, you know, our coach was 70 years old and our average age was 20, so it was a 50-year gap, so, you know, we – you know, just like he would tell a joke and we'd ask him what was the punchline because we didn't know when to laugh. So it was quite a little strange. So, but you know, we just had, um, young guys. And like I said, we had a, had a great team. You know, we had uh, great players, you know, so we had, and it was quite difficult. We wasn't going to accept it. The only one that was thinking about accepting was Tom McMillan, but we was going to whoop him. So he was going to not accept it. So we, we did what we had to do. So we decided not to accept it. And, and go on. So, you know, it was just uh, a lot of politics at that time. So we understood that and we just wouldn't, we weren't going for it, even though, you know, we were young and whatnot. And it was during the Cold War time. And, you know, at that time, and we didn't know about that. We were 20 years old. We were young kids. Sure. So. We're speaking with Tom Henderson. Tom was a member of the 1972 Olympic basketball team that won silver against the Russians and is a 
veteran of nine seasons in the NBA with the Atlanta Hawks, the Washington Bullets, and the Houston Rockets. You got drafted in the first round, seventh in the country in the 1974 draft by the Atlanta Hawks. Did you feel pressure coming out of the draft, or was it kind of a different time than it is today? Well, no, I, I felt, well, you, when you get drafted, you don't really know if you can fit in. So you don't know whether you can play on that level or not. So, you know, um, Dean Meminger, who started before me, and after he got hurt, then I got a chance for 30 games to play, you know, to start and, and get get some good time. And then that's when I really got my confidence in time I was able to play. And then I knew I could play in that league. And But what happened was, you know, I was part of the deal. Atlanta had two first-round picks. I was the seventh pick, and Sojourner was Mike Sojourner was the tenth pick. Now John Drew was the second round pick, and he had a better year than me and Sojourner. So, but you know, I was part of the deal of sending Pete Maverick to New Orleans. Now Pete Maverick was whoo-hoo, he was bad. So the next yeah. few years, Pete, um, we played New the Jazz um, uh, eighteen times, you know, and through two and a half years before I got traded, he averaged 43 a game for 18 games, you know, so he used to wear us out. And I think what it is is when you get traded from a team, you know, the team that you, you know, get traded from, you really have a, a vengeance for him. So, and that's what, you know, Pete used to wear us out. So we couldn't stop him. And so I, you know, I had six fouls and, my six fouls, you know, I used all of them. And, you know, after after 30, I figure he's cooking. I should be watching. So I might as well go on and file out. So I do my best. But he was just tough. He was really tough. You know, he was, well, really, he was the hardest guy I had to play against, him and Calvin Murphy. Was the 1978 Washington team the team that you won the championship, the best team that you played with? Well, yes. Yeah, well, when I got to, you know, in Atlanta, we had ponies. When I got to Washington, we had horses. You yeah. take horses to the horse race. You don't take ponies, okay? So you, get, you take ponies, you're going to get whooped every time. So, And that's what happened. And when we got to Washington, you know, I got to Washington. I had Wes, had the Elvin, you know, and then we got Bobby Davis. I, that was the, the piece to the puzzle, you know. That was the extra piece to the puzzle. And once we got him, you know, we had somebody that – now, if you watch the NBA game, the last two minutes – you see who wants the ball, who who's going to be the hero or the goat. Okay, so the last two minutes, that's what you notice. And you know, just when we got Bobby Dandridge, he didn't mind taking the last shot. You know, when you take the last shot, you know you got, you got to have confidence. And Bobby always had confidence, so you know it was a difference with him. And you know, with Elvin and and you know, Elvin didn't want to take the last shot. Because you would have to take the blame if you missed. So, you know, it was kind of tough. But, you know, they, they that was my best team I played for. Because they, you know, we came, you know, every night we have a shot. You know, and then in the league, you know, you just want to get to the playoff. If you get to the playoff, you got a shot. You know, you just want to have a chance to, you know, to maybe win it. So, and that's what it is, you know, the competition. In 1981, you matched up against the Boston Celtic team with a young Larry Bird. It was kind of his coming out. Um, was, what type of team were they? They had a better team than we had. You know, they had you know they had about four or five Hall of Famers. So, but also you know you know we 
we wound up playing Boston at the time. They had had a seven-game series with Philly and one by one. So what happened was they were tired and they wouldn't really, they were just tired. So they, they were kind of sleep. So, you know, we had a chance to leave Boston 2-0. If we left Boston 2-0 in the next five games, we could still two. Okay, and win a ring. But Moses, you know, you can't, you can't get in the paper and start talking about the other team. Moses said you'll take four, four guys from Petersburg and whoop Boston. He just woke him up. You never wake him up. Let him sleep. Okay? <laughs> they will sleep. Let him sleep. You know, you woke him up. I'm like, yo, are you kidding me? You know, you woke him up and then, you know, we left Boston 1 1. We should have left Boston 2 0. Okay? We should have left 2 0, but we didn't. But, you know, that's what you learn when you get to the finals like that. You don't give no other team ammunition, you know? Tom, you never want to give a team any added motivation or <laughs> ammunition to. To really beat you, uh, especially in the playoffs. In 78, you know, we were in Seattle. Seattle had the best record so for the seventh game. You know, so what happened was um, that we were warming up and the, the guy on the not uh, the, the announcement speaker on, yeah. who was on the public address said uh, there will be a – we warming up and he said there will be a world champion parade for the Seattle Super tomorrow. It was on a Wednesday we were playing, Wednesday night. And I went by the score and said, but I said, you can't play for them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, you can't play for them. So I knew at that point we had them. Because, you know, at that point, you know, hey, you don't, you know, you you, you put more incentive in my, in my cap to go at it. So, and that's what it was, you know. And so we just played hard. And then that game, within 10 seconds of every quarter, we scored. Okay, to the buzzer yeah. for every quarter. And in the third quarter, Charlie Johnson hit a three-quarter shot, you know, and that there, I just knew we had it from there. You know, we just – and we control the tempo. So we got it out here. We got a ring. And you know what's the funny part? Not a bottle of champagne to celebrate it. Because what happened was the two previous times the Bullets had gotten to the finals, they'd been blank by uh, Milwaukee – in 70, and then they was blanked in 70, 70 something, 72 or something by um, Golden State. Somebody yep. got blanked by, you know, so they got blanked twice. You know, so, as a matter of fact, it was Wes and Elvin was hugging each other after we were, were tied at 1 1. And I just told him I was in the locker room, you know, I come from Washington, I'm from Atlanta, and so, you know, I wasn't, I first time I'd been playoff, but I told him, I said, we hadn't won up there. We need three more. Okay, so you know, then we had to get three more. So you know, it's just it's a reaction. But they had to think about it later on that they've been blanked. They finally got that Mark Kelly back, so they were happy to win the game. But no, I wasn't happy. I had to figure I'm trying to win it all. So you know, when we had Bobby Daniels, he was the X factor. So that was it. So and then you know, you know, just like the basketball. It's 48 minutes of basketball. It should be 40 minutes is just letting people see the best talent in the world. Okay, in eight minutes, everybody knows everybody else's plays. So it should be the last eight minutes in structure, and you let them run your plays. That's what you – because everybody knows – you know, I know everybody else's plays. I know yeah. what they go by, and then they know what you go by. So, you know, and your offense is really dictated by what the defense does. 
And sometimes you have to, you know, do change it up. You know, that's how you play it. You read it. So, and that's what, you know, but and these young guys, they're very athletic and very talented, but they just don't know the game. They don't know. A lot of them just don't know how to win. You know, they don't know how to win. Now, Philly looks good now. They do look but, good. You know, yeah, they look good now, but can James Harden finish? I know Embiid is playing the best he's ever played. Okay, that's tough. Nobody can stop him. But can James Harden finish? Okay, because he he's, a, he's a hell of a talent. But can he finish? Okay, can you finish? Can you take him over the blow, over the borderline? Can you take him to that place? You know, so I'm not sure. So we'll see when it comes to it. Yeah. But right now, it looks very good. You know, it looks very I mean, that's, good. And that's, that's the problem right now with uh, my Celtics with Tatum and, and Brown. Can they finish? Yeah. yeah, can they finish? And well, you know, they they're playing much better. And I think what is the amazing factor is the defense. Okay. Can you stop somebody? Okay. Yep. Because you got to be able to stop somebody, you know, and that's what it is. And and uh, um, you know, to I watch them and and they're playing well. They're playing well now. They, I think they'll finish up pretty well. I don't know how far they're going to play off, but I, they're playing pretty well, you know. So and then what? you know, Milwaukee yeah. looks pretty tough. We're speaking with Tom Henderson, a veteran of nine seasons in the NBA with the Atlanta Hawks, Washington Bullets, and Houston Rockets. Tom, you played in the old Boston Garden. Was the floor as bad as they said it was? You know, they had about the, 30 the, dead spots. Okay, yeah. they had about 30 dead spots. They would run you. They would push you to the dead spots. And you bounce the ball, and it just wouldn't come up. It just stayed there. It just lay there. And I was like, Willie, are you kidding me? And you know what's really funny? My second year is San Jacinto. Um, the guy that I played with was one of our players. Name was Chip Lanham. His father built it. You know, he he constructed the floor. You know, he did the floor at the Boston Garden. He used to brag about that and then whatnot. I wanted to tell him later on that's the worst court place I ever played in my life. Okay, stop playing. <laughs> you know, it just was terrible because you couldn't dribble the ball. And they'd run you right to that spot, you know, and they knew what it was, you know, run you to the spot and it wouldn't come up. And so it was like really something. But it's just, um, you know, it was a nice place to play. But the best place to play was the garden, New York, the garden. And I'm from New York. Yep. But the garden was just it's just great to play there, you know. It would just be great to play there. You know, he would, um, you know, be Earl and Clyde, you know, they were just, they were too big. It was just awesome. And Clyde, you know, Clyde and Don Chaney, they was, they was like small forwards. You know, they're small forwards. They're about 6'5", with long arms, man. Okay, and back then, when I played, for a while, they had hand-checking. Now you can't touch somebody, but back then, they had hand-checking. You know, there's guys, you know, uh, Jim Price and Dean Images used to pick me up and move me to where they want you to move because they – and at hand checking, you know, for fight when the night's over, you have five fingerprints on your side, like you know they've been holding you, you know whatnot. And I'm like, get off of me! I'm no horse. You can't ride <laughs> me like that. So you know, so but hey, your game was different now, you know whatnot. And I think um, the Nets in Philly made a trade, but I wouldn't have gave up Curry. I'd have kept, you know, uh, Seth Curry because. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I was he, watching he, him the other day. He, he, the kid can shoot. Yeah, he can shoot. He's uh um and he's 
good for them, but I wouldn't have let them. They gave us so much with Harden. You know, they gave him so much, you know. And then Simmons, once he go to play, he's going to be good for them, you know. But see, that Kyrie playing part-time, that doesn't work for me, you know, because I need you every night. You know, I need yeah, you I, I, I be every night. Kyrie. We, we had the Celtics had him for a couple of years, and he's yeah, a hell of a talent. Yeah, but he yeah he, right. he's, a, he's a tremendous talent, but – He's a little different. <laughs> he is quite different. That's, so, to say the least, right? Yeah. He's a little different. <laughs> That's a nice That's way of saying it. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a little different. I think he they might have bumped his dropped him, dropped him a few times when they taking him home. Okay, they might have dropped yeah. him. Okay, bumped his head a few times because something's wrong with him. Okay, but a uh, great talent. Do you still have your rank from the nineteen seventy eight championship uh, bullet team? Yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah. keep any memorabilia from your playing days, or there? Uh, well, no. Or... Most most of most of that stuff you don't keep and whatnot, because um, you know you don't know. You know it's old. Like I used to have about three hundred trophies, but you know after moving two or three times, I got tired of putting them together and whatnot, tightening them up. But I remember every one that you won. You remember every one, but you get tired of picking them up. You put them up and you have them and. You know, I guess he gets old. He gets old, you know. So, you know, but then when you get in the league, you know, it's about getting paid. It really, really is about not doing anything else. So we just want to get paid, and you know, you do things, and everything's different. So it changes, you know. And then what you got to realize is when you when you finish playing, and you know, it's like I didn't do that for like two years. I just sat down and um, you know, yeah, got to know my family. Because she'd be gone so long, so sure. my kids, you know, they had no, no control. They run the house. Okay, you got to figure out where you fit in. So it took a few years to get that right. So then after that, I became a foster parent, and for about thirty years, I was a foster parent with the Pelton agency here. And in the last ten years, I adopted four boys. You know, I had that, but I had kept them. I had them in my um, home for, I get them, you know, about three or four months old and keep them for three or four years. So there was two brothers I decided to keep. And matter of fact, I still have one that was fetal alcohol. He's, I, I adopted him and I adopted four of them and, you know, just, you know, just, but what happens, you know, when you, you know, when I was coming up, I always, um, my mother-in-law would, her house was a, the Kool-Aid house, kind of like, you know, everybody come over there, and it was just, she was, no matter how bad the kids was, she'd build them up and try to help them out, you know, because when you're in high school, your brain, you do impulsive things. Your brain don't work that well. You know, you do things that you regret later. So I learned, and, and then I became a licensed administrator also as a foster parent. Then I started being a licensed administrator for bad kids, so I did that for about 25 years. So, you know, I enjoyed just giving back. And I tried coaching about when I was 60. That's AAU stuff. But I had 14 and 15 years old, but I can't do them. They they want you to do all the work. They don't want to do no work. They want to play them games and all that. I said, no, no. You got to do work. You got to put the work in. And if you don't put the work in, you're not going to get nothing out of it. So, And that's the thing. So, But I enjoy kids and try to give them back. And I like, I watch a game a lot. I watch a lot of highlights. I really don't like to watch the whole game. 
course, you know, I knew, you know, who's going to win, you know, the aggressor, who usually is the aggressor. That's what you can win. Is there a player in today's game that reminds me of you that kind of has a similar game that you had when you were playing? Well, you know what? It was real funny, but um, when I got to the pros, you know, I had to, all the teams I played for always had to be the point. I mean, I never could play the two. You know, I like playing the whole game, okay, offense and defense. You know, I like offense too. You know, all my career I always had offense. But when you're in the pros to stay around, you got to figure out where you can help your team. You know, me going to Atlanta, I had to be the point. You know, Washington, I had to be the point. You know, I'd have an off guard. You know, and watching, I had Kevin Grieving, who was really a small forward. So, but he was two guard. So it's a little different. So, really, um, no, I, I like uh, Tyree, you know, Irving, Kyrie, Irving, and um, I just like playing both ends. My thing yep. was playing both ends, not just playing one end. Because the thing is that you got to be able to stop somebody. You can't let nobody wear you out every night. And now, if you there's like I say, Pete Maverick is tough. You know, him and Calvin Murphy. Hated to see them, you know, <laughs> because they're going to wear you out every night, okay? You ain't get no breaks. Ain't no, you know, so. There, no, I don't I don't think I've, there's nobody that I, I see that would, would, that fits me, fits exactly me. And yep. me, when I got to the pros, you know, I, they kind of took my offense. You know, they took my offense. And when I got to Washington, Houston, I well, I just sat back and just collected a check. I'm really not didn't go into it. And then we went to the finals in my you know my second year here, and it was just a matter of you know I could have did that at Washington, but you know the, at the time you know um, Bob Perry was the general manager, and you know my contract was up. And what happened was you know we went to the finals, won one year, lost the second year. My contract was up, and he offered me maybe one year guarantee, which was insulting. And so I decided to come to Houston. And within two and a half hours, you know, we they wanted to give me four. I wanted four. They wanted three. So I wound up getting four. You know, but we were right there. So and that's a that's a thing. You know, just a matter of you not get what what you want. You not get what they want. So you meet in the middle. So, you know, and you might be make a little get a little bit more on your side than they get. But it's just about bartering and it's business. And was so, you know, I left Washington but I came down to Houston and it's hard to go to get to the finals with another team. You know, we had a losing record that year. We were fourteen forty two and made it to the finals. So this is timing. It's timing. Yeah, you had and, some you, know, you had some pretty good players on that Rockets team. Yeah. Yeah, we had Moses Malone. You know, Billy Pauls and Bill Willoughby, you know, Robert Reed. We had some good players, you know, when, you know, Ronnie Close, and then you would go down to Moses, and he was tough. He was tough because they could, couldn't stop him, you know. And then the next year, you know, he was the most rival player in the league, and he was making 1.6, and he was the most rival player in the whole league, and they offered him 1.2. Now, they want you to take a four hundred thousand pay cut, and you're the most valuable player in the whole league. Now that doesn't make no sense. That's not no, business, okay? 
So that's what it is. And so these teams, some of these teams, they if you don't bring the horses, <laughs> what do you expect going to happen? You know, <laughs> you ain't going to compete. You got to be able to compete. You know, just like, you know, the Lakers. Okay, he's going to put all these guys together. But, okay, <laughs> it's the time. And if guys stay healthy, everybody don't stay healthy. So who's healthy going down the stretch in the playoffs? You know, because they go down now, you know, just like now. Okay, there's no back-to-backs. Nobody really plays back-to-back. They, the guy got to get off for rest. What is that? When I was with the Hawks, we played four games in four different cities. There was no rest. You don't get no rest, okay? Right, and you weren't on <laughs> private planes, right? <laughs> no, you kidding? We'd get the first 12 available first-class seats, okay? Private planes. I wish. The only ones back, time, back then were doing private uh, charters was the uh, Knicks because they was go from Western, okay? So they had charter flights. After the game, they get the whole flight, got the whole plane to themselves. Us? Oh, no. We get the first thing smoking the next morning. Okay? Get the 12 available seats. And then we had we had 11 guys on the, on the roster. Then the coach, you know, Dale Harris would pay somebody to, you know, they would pay somebody to take a coach seat, one of the players, so he can sit in first class. I'd be like, really? Like you're going to play. Okay. So I just shake my head, you know, so it's different now. But um, they got charter flights, and that's good. And they make decent money, you know. But, you know, but I think the guys before us didn't make no money. So, you know, we just came along at different times, and you just do what you got to do, you know. You do what you got to do. So, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my nine years, you know, you know, different teams and whatnot, and didn't really like Houston, but didn't think I'd get back here. But it wound up being business, and why not? I still live here. You know, I've been here since '79, and so my kids are here. When I came down, I was telling my kids the other day. I said it was four of us when we came down here. My wife and my two kids. Now it's about twenty-five of us. Okay, so <laughs> we we've it's grown. So yeah, it's home. So it's home. I'm from New York, but my brothers and sisters are up there now. And I go visit them once in a while, but hey, I don't listen. I miss the food, but other than that, I gotta get out there. They they don't sleep, they, you know. And then I'm coming from out of town. They looking at me and like it's written over my forehead, out of town. Okay, so <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna get me quickly. Okay, so I go. I usually have my brother, my younger brother. He he's my guardian. Okay, so it's pretty tough, but. You know, I've had a good life. I enjoy everything. I'm, I turned, and last month, uh, two months ago, I turned 70, so I, I feel pretty good. And, you know, so everything good. And this year is our 50th anniversary of the Olympics, you know, that we lost and whatnot. So, you know, so we, we're going to see how that goes. Are going to get together at all? Yeah, I think so. I think we are uh, um, sometime, probably in June or July, you know, somewhere. We'll probably get together. Last time we, uh, 40th anniversary, we got together in um, Georgetown, Kentucky, uh, uh, with uh, Kenny Davis, who uh, that's where he was from. So we got together there. So it was pretty good. It was interesting. But they still were trying to have the feud with, between me and Tommy Miller. And I told him, you know, I'm gone. You know, I, I didn't particularly like him. He didn't like me. So we were good. 
okay, some guys, you know, you, I realize playing in the league, you know, for some guys you're going to play with, you know, you don't like, you know, I didn't particularly like Elvin Hayes, but he did what he did, did his job. So, you know, and, but you figure in life, you might, to feed your family, you might have to work for somebody you don't like. Nothing personal, just business. You do what you got to do. So, you know, everything's good. I've been good. I've been blessed. So, Every day, life is good, so I'm not mad at nobody, you know. So, do you do you attend many autograph events or collectible shows? You know, no, not um, really, because uh, um, you know they they play them big guys, you know, play them. I went to a few, you know, one up in Washington, you know, because uh, they had one at Dulles, out by Dulles Airport. I went for years ago, and um, that's for them Hall of Famers, them guys, pretty much. Okay. They don't off. They don't, you know, I'm an average guy. I'm an average player. You know, I figured I was a smart player, you know, and did what I had to do, but that's what I'm Hall of Famers, and that's no problem. But, you know, I'm fine. I I, I get, now I guess mailed out the card to you, so I just, I get the card sometimes, and, you know, during the course of the week, I try to send it back. So you should be getting it back to any time now. So, but I did Thank want you. to call and, and do this, but that's no problem. And, um, I like doing it because, you know, people don't know what we do, and, and I'm fine. I'm fine, and, you know, family's good, and, you know, been married for almost 49 years, so we've been together since high school, so, you know, we're good. You know, that's my mate, my soulmate, so we're good. So I have two Are kids. Are su- surprise fans still request your autograph? Um, you know, you haven't played since the 80s, but you're still getting requests. Do you get many requests for autographs? Well, well, you know what? It, it's really funny because, see, basketball fans know what I did, what I played, and who I oh, am. Yeah. So that's that's you know, that's a good thing. That's people, and that's why I like New York fans because they know basketball. And then Philly fans and Boston fans are a good fan. And Philly is cold. And Philly, they boo at a funeral. They don't care. <laughs> they, they are cold. They are really cold. So if you don't win in Philly, you better go somewhere, okay? Because they're not playing with you. <laughs> okay. You better find another place to be because uh, they're not playing. They don't. They need a winner, okay? So that's like when Doc was down there, you know, he said, we owe you one, we owe you two. But, you know, they had so much talent. They just needed a guard, somebody running, you know. That's what they needed. That's what they needed. Just the guard. They had so much talent. You know, they had oh tremendous talent forever. Did you know that they had a dunk stat? They had no team in the league that had a dunk dunk stat except Philadelphia. They had a dunk a stat for dunks, okay? <laughs> what you think that's that that's that's what that they had, right? They had Doc yeah. and Dr. McGinnis. Yeah, Doc as in the world be free, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they had a team. They, I mean, they had a real team. So remember, Andrew Tony. Andrew Tony used to kill. Yes. Ooh, ooh, he so was tough. Could he shoot? Oh, he had that first step, and uh, he would just light him up. I'm like, wow. So that was, you know, I was just amazed that they didn't win more. So, but they didn't have no control. They had such a wild team. You know, they had tremendous talent. You know, but they had such a wild team. You know, but you, you need structure. Need some structure, so. But you know, I, I am surprised that they still want autographs, and you know, do this Wikipedia. You know, they have my address and whatnot, so I don't mind. So I just when they send them, I, I sign them, and I just send them back. You know, 
So that's a good. Do you have thing, a favorite? But... Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite card from your playing days? I think the I like the one the the one the Houston has the one the Houston sent. That's a nice one. I have a few cards and they said now one and um that's a nice card. You know that's a nice card. So. You know, that's... When you were playing in your, uh, you were in a supermarket or a drugstore, did you ever just pick up a couple packs of cards and see if you could get your own card? No, I never thought of it like that. <laughs> because <laughs> we never thought of it like that. You know, that we did some nice. I would have done. But, but that's you. But see, me, I, I, I didn't think of none of that. You know, I said, we would get cards and like I say, I buy some cards sometimes. I say, well, maybe I'm in this one. Maybe I'm not, you know. So I would get them, and I would never get no cards with me in them. So I said, hey, okay. So when they send them, it's a joy when they send them. And so I just sign them and send them back, you know. And the good thing is everybody sends a uh, stamped envelope, and I send them right back. So, you know, so. Tom, you mentioned Pistol Pete and Calvin Murphy. Was there a teammate you really enjoyed playing with? I, I enjoy playing with the um I play I enjoy playing with when I went to Washington, you know, my best a guard combination, me and Dave Bing. But at at the time Dave Bing was in the doghouse, so you know, when you get in the doghouse you never get out. Okay, so Dave um Dave was in uh, he sat I got there in January and Dave they wind up um he sat him on the bench the rest of the, the season, and we would me and him was, was that was our best guard combination. But he wouldn't play us together. So, you know, I um, you know, I he showed me how to be a professional. He sat there. He didn't say nothing. He just sat there and you know did what he got to do. And he they let him go that year, and he went to Boston for three more right, years. He, okay, right. He came to Celtics. Yes, he he was a great player. So me and him were the best one and two guard combination. But the rest of the guys I played with as Lou Hudson was, I guess, the other best guard I played with in Atlanta. But we didn't go nowhere because Lou Hudson was tough. He was six five and could score. He could really score. So, but they wouldn't. You know, we didn't go nowhere. So that was the best guard. But then when I got a chance to play with him. Another guard to where I didn't have to bring the guard up, bring the ball up all the time, which never happened in the teams I played with. Because I always had to be the point and had to set everybody up. So it was quite different. So me, it's just being playing basketball, you know. It's playing basketball, so it's no position. I mean, you know, it's guards one or two, either one. Now it's point guard, scoring guard, small forward, big forward, center. Okay, it's five positions. Well, I started playing it with guards, forwards, and centers, okay? And very rarely, as I was coming up, it very rarely had a center. <laughs> the guards and maybe a forward, okay? Nobody was too big. Everybody was small, so and that's what it was. And so I enjoyed playing basketball. You know, I used to play. And see, what's amazing now is that, uh, you know, they, have, they had chefs and tra- trainers, do you know if I had a chef and a trainer, a chef to feed me, getting a trainer to keep me in shape? Doesn't know. Are you kidding me? That would be no, so doesn't easy. It amaze you, doesn't it amaze you when you look at the benches and the teams have seven or eight uh, assistant coaches? Coaches, yeah, coaches, yes. trainers, and all that's, that. It's like, look, I go watch. I, I watch them practice sometime or, or watch them before a game. 
they'd be out there four and five hours practicing before a game. I said, are you serious? Four hours? We were two hours before the game. Hour and a half, we go out and work out. Then the half an hour, you know, we sit in the restroom ready and waiting to go. Now, I'm looking at you talking about four and five hours. I'll leave my game on the practice, okay? I would be, I couldn't have nothing left. I'm done. I'm done for the day, okay? So that's amazing to me. I'm like, and then they work on different, you know, working parts of, you know, different shots and parts of your game. You just work on it. And then, and which is great. But I'm like, oh my God, do you look at this? You know, that's just amazing to me. uh, I mean, was 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 Magic Johnson one of the best players you ever played against? Yes, but he was so well. Him and George Gervin, that was the big guard, two guards. Yep. That they they redo, you know, restructure the game because you're talking about them two big guys. Those are small forwards, okay? <laughs> six eight and right, six but they nine. Could I mean, they could, they could handle the ball, but they were post and they were playing the two, so that revolutionized the game, like with Magic Johnson, okay? I mean, with uh, uh um, like Jordan. You know, when he started posting up, I remember when he started um, posting people up and whatnot. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, they put him into two? Okay. I said, he's going to kill him. So I used to watch him. And um, one time I was watching, my son was watching. He said, Dad, Michael, he's watching, he's playing against the Knicks. He had 49. And I said, um, he said, and I didn't see all 49. I said, yeah, you've been treated tonight. You know, when the guy hits 50 or something like that, then you're you looking at a good show tonight, okay? That's a good show, okay? So, and that's what Harden's capable of doing. But you got to watch him. He just, he might turn it over 10 times. That's what kills me. My thing is, you know, you can't give it back to him. You, know? you can't turn it over like that. So and that's what it is. My thing is, like, right now they're getting on Westbrook. Well, you got to play a little better, and you got to be more conscious. Okay, you're a great talent, but you got to be more conscious. And each possession might cost your game. So I mean, that's what you realize. And so and that was my thing. I, I just didn't believe in turning the ball over a lot. If I've turned it over twice in a night, that's a bad night. Okay. So, well, Tom, Tom uh, Anderson, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure learning a little about your career. I appreciate my pleasure. Uh, you. you you signing a card for me and getting it back. I really appreciate that. It was a, a really a pleasure to speak with you. And uh, go go uh, Rainbow Warriors, right? Go. All right. Rainbow Thank you. Take care of yourself. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed my my interview with Tom Anderson as much as I did. Tom was great. He loves to talk. He's a gentleman, and uh, we I love to hear his take on his career and on dealing with autograph requests and just the whole, his whole life. He's led such an interesting life. So uh, I want to thank Tom Henderson for, for joining the program. Um, we've got a, uh, we have, we've got a lot of stuff coming up for you guys, including uh, we're working on a brand new segment that we're going to launch in a couple of weeks. We're very excited about that. Drew and I have been talking about that and uh, we just got the, uh, we just got the approval on it the other day, and we're we're very thrilled. That's going to be a kind of a every other week thing. Uh, I just want to remind everyone to enter our kids prize pack. Drew, why don't you let people know all about that? Of course, yeah. This is uh, for kids around you know twelve to thirteen or thereabouts. So if you are a kid listening in, send in. If you've got a kid in that age, send in for it. But 
what we're going to give you is a collects.app t-shirt. The size is a medium on that. So uh, yeah, it's not going to fit somebody like me at all or anybody or like Jeff. that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, not going to fit us. So, you know, pass it on to your kid there. I guess if you're a marathon runner, maybe, maybe it'll work for you too. But uh, uh, 25 top loaders also in their courtesy of collects.app. We'll give you a pack of tops cards. Plus, we got some uh, SCC card stands and some TTM cast magnets we'll put in there as well. So, kids, if you want to enter, parents, if you want to enter for your kid, just send us an email. It's ttmcast at yahoo.com. Yeah, we need your name and preferably a kid's name as well because the kids love to get mail. So, we, you know, we'd love to get your kid's name and your mailing address when you send it in. Um, we're, I think we're going to do this for a two-week contest because I'm not sure how many entries we're going to have. So if we get a bunch of entries, I might give it away next week. But if not, I might extend it for two weeks just to, based on the entries because uh, you know we really want to make sure a deserving kid wins this prize. So uh, either next week or the following week, we, we will give it away. Um, we have, uh, I want to thank, you know what, I just want to apologize because I've been stumbling and bumping into everything that, this week i have not this is not uh, one for the radio broadcast hall of fame <laughs> drew on the other hand smooth as could be me a little bumpy this week <laughs> content a plus delivery yes yeah, c c minus <laughs> see how good drew is he's not even commenting to tell tell, tell me how bad i was but we, I'll tell you, Jeff, one of my first ever broadcast type things that I ever had to do in college was uh, it was actually it was when I was at Emerson. We had to cover the uh, it was the 2004 election. And so, of course, you know, John Kerry's from right there in Boston or from Massachusetts, there at least, and, you know, lives in Boston. So he offers up his concession speech at Faneuil Hall. And whose day was it to be the uh, on-site reporter in my news broadcasting class than me? For the very first time ever, I'm having to go down there to shoot a stand up. It's like the biggest news story in the world. 37 takes later, I finally got it right. <laughs> I got the most sarcastic round of applause for like these worldwide media people all lined up there because it took me 37 tries to get it, but it happens to everybody. <laughs> well, again, you know, one take Pelto, I'm probably 25 take Pelto, Pelto, see, Baker. <laughs> I told you my brain is working a lot faster than my, my lips today. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed our show I and had as much fun listening as I we did uh, giving it, sending it out to you. Again, we want to thank all our new listeners. We really appreciate it. This is a labor of love for Drew and I. We do this for nothing. We do this because we love the hobby. We love talking about TTM and we lo love uh, providing you as much information as possible. Again, I want to thank Tom Henderson for joining us, registered to win our kids back. I think that's it. Next week, we have Les Wolf hobby legend and I, I don't use that term lightly Les is a hobby legend he's been in collecting for 60 years we talk everything from mickey mail to uh collecting to uh, muhammad ali to all sorts of stuff so uh come back next week for Les wolf i want to wish everyone many happy returns we will see you next week <laughs>